This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Fearscape Media Network. Exploring the unknown. One podcast at a time. Thank you for tuning in to Fearscape Paranormal Podcast. We are on a journey to understand and to discover the phenomena that seems to exist all around the globe. We invite you to join us on this journey into the unknown. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another frightening and mystifying episode of Fearscape Paranormal Podcast here on the Fearscape Media Network. I am your host, Stefan Gearhart, and I'm joined, as always, by the uh, most uh, crabby dude I've ever met before 5 a.m., Josh Rutledge. That's my co-host today. Are you saying I'm crabby before 5 5 a.m.? Oh, yeah. Yeah, after 5 a.m., you're good. No, I, I am completely a morning person, so I am not crabby. Mm-mm. I thought there's maybe- literally a window from four fifty five <laughs> to five AM that you are a straight douchebag. Oh, okay. I thought it was maybe I was crabby because I have my ha- my hands are larger and disproportionate <laughs> to my body. <laughs> God, I wish you could people could see what I'm doing. <laughs> Uh, no, no, just crabby for a five minute window. And I always walk sideways for some reason. I you don't. Do. And I think it's because my stomach sticks out and I have to turn sideways to go right, through doors. to get through hallways and, yeah. you know, and stuff. That's I probably get what it. it is. I get yeah. it. Dog gates, get out. <laughs> I just have to take them down. I get you. Yeah. I get you. Uh, anyways, we have a uh, pretty cool episode uh, tonight. We're uh, getting spooky with the ghosties, ghosty guy. So, Josh, yeah. why don't you tell everybody who we're going to be hooking up with tonight? Yeah, so uh, we're talking to uh, uh, Jonathan Johnson from um, a West Virginia uh, Paranormal Investigation Group, um, and uh, you know, I, I, it's been a minute since we've talked ghosty stuff. Yeah, I mean, the closest would be Mr. Gorga talking about demons. Yeah, but I mean, it's we we have not really had a a, a true let's say ghost investigator on the show in quite some time. <laughs> Probably since Todd Bonner, to be honest with you, Todd yeah. or um, something. I don't know. Well, uh, but yeah, I'm super yeah, pumped about so. it, too. I mean, we are building our connection base in West Virginia. <laughs> yeah, really. Uh, well, and, you know, West Virginia, of course, known for a lot of things. Mountain um, Mama, take me home. Right. Uh, uh, the, uh, you know, of course, the all the uh, Point Pleasant stuff and um, Flatwoods Monster. Flatwoods Monster and stuff. and weird folks. But I'm sure that there are some uh, some some hauntings out there as well that are probably known. Oh, I'm sure there is. I mean, I'm almost certain when we were talking to Andy Colvin about it, I think, you know, talking about the correlation of all the different types of phenomena out there. He was he was suggesting, yeah, there was a lot of haunted stuff out there. So, yeah. 
Sure there is. But anyways, we're going to get to that here shortly. Very excited about that interview. Um, But before we get to that, let's move on to our segments of the week. And of course, beginning with Psychic Word of the Week. And now, the Psychic Word of the Week. Psychic Word of the Week comes from the Encyclopedic Psychic Dictionary from June G. Bletzer, PhD. Rest in peace, honey bear. I love you and I never met you but I still miss you. Earlier in the day, Josh, you had sent me a number uh, to kind of just flipped to. um, And so I had, the number was 163. So I moved to page 163. And the first phrase that I see is destructive brainwashing cult. So we must be talking about Stephen Greer. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding, Dr. G. Just kidding. Just kidding, Dr. G. We know. We know we got to go do exercise and then go, you know, get night vision on or whatever. Uh, yeah. Um, Jason- I mean, I feel, <laughs> I, I, mean I, I feel like uh, Dr. Greer should change his first name to Warren. Warren Greer? I like that. Well, it's Warren G, right? Oh, oh. <laughs> I was immediate. See, I was on uh, Ed and Lorraine Warren. Uh, That's where I was at, but no, I like Warren G. I did I did, I told you back in the day I used to tell people I was related to Warren G, right? And I used to call myself Stephen G, nope. and that his last name was Gearhart as well. And so anytime to this day I sing Regulator, I say this DJ be Stephen G. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so yeah. Anywho, tangents. <laughs> anywho, um, let's go on to destructive brainwashing cult. Uh, Destructive Brainwashing Cult, according to the Encyclopedic Psychic Dictionary, it says here, any organization or group, massive or small, which works on the minds of their members 24 hours a day for months and even years to prevent members from making their own decisions. Okay, not Stephen Greer. No. Not Stephen Greer. Uh, Um, Southern Baptist Convention, maybe? I don't know. Yes, Southern Baptist (laughs) Convention, yes. Um, ooh, they are in some hot water right now. Yeah, it looks not like part of that. our show, but <laughs> ooh, they are in some hot water. Google that. Um, one techniques used group hypno. <laughs> Boy, I'm already being brainwashed. Uh, techniques used group hypnosis, mental telepathic suggestion, coercive re- uh, repetitious suggestion, sleep learning, low protein diet, and forced wakefulness. Okay, now. Uh, the two of us are not the skinniest people in the world, so we're already on that low protein diet. So I think we're already well, halfway there, man. I mean, I think, we. I think Frito Lay is trying to brainwash us. I mean, I grew up Southern Baptist, so again, I make my case. So. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Uh, continues on. It says keeps members mentally worn and physically fatigued until member has a drastic shift in consciousness and the victimized member then works solely for the benefit of the organization with his or her total being. Uh, that also kind of sounds like the military. Um, this is accomplished by keeping the member in an alpha state of consciousness most of the time, which makes it possible to force a complete change in his or her belief system. Member is not aware that he or she is even being hypnotized daily, nor, nor have they ever given their consent to these techniques. 
that's only the first one. So here's the second definition. With this sensory overload in the subconscious mind, the victim's complete focus is now on the objective of the organization with his or her mind, emotion, and energy. Member is to the point of automation, unable to make a decision of his or her own uh, or to think like a thinking being. Number three, characteristics of the goal or material put into the head of the victim does not make the group or organization destructive only if the methods and techniques are used consistently with the intent to deprive him or her of the conscious decision-making mind makes it a destructive cult member functions with his or her own instinctual level of awareness like an animal Four, dangers. The fuel of the subconscious mind is the new information, and with the same repetitious, rudimentary information year after year, the mind can become burned out or dulled to the point of no return. Oh. Woo, man. So I, I you know, I, I, I tell you all the time, I listen to a lot of true crime um, uh, podcasts, but I also love listening or watching docs on cults, um, I guess because I grew up Catholic. And um, I, I did a lot of research after I became Catholic or after I dropped being Catholic. I looked into a lot of organizations, Mormons, uh, Jehovah's Witness, uh, eventually landed on Southern Baptist with you. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, so I did a lot of research into and of course, I'm Wiccan now. And they call that the witch cult. Um, but regardless, these crazy ones, I mean, last week we just talked about Heaven's Gate. There was right. a lot of that that happened there. Uh, David Koresh's, uh, his very much was the, you know, doing that starving thing and creating all that Jim Jones. Um, but I've recently listened to this podcast called House of Prayer, and it is insane what this woman did they created their own church um down in the south and things like that created a commune and all kinds of stuff like that mother anna was who ran it two kids died like all kinds of crazy stuff man and the parents just let let her do it because you gave up your kid and they only knew one mother at that point mother anna like it's 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 nuts dude and uh, so mm. much of what we just read i saw in this um she would make them you know starve them and do all kinds of crazy stuff and push them to the point of exhaustion and it's crazy man y'all if you're on the cult get out do you think there's a cults for dummies book out there? I mean, is it? I guarantee it. Um, there's also, you know, deprogramming. Uh, I saw a really cool documentary on deprogramming once, which was a really interesting thing that happened in the 70s. It's it's messed up. Uh, I don't still don't know if it's good or bad, but I mean, it, it's helped people. Um, <laughs> it's just I don't I don't know, y'all. I mean, is it? But is it deprogramming from one thing only to turn around and program something else? I know? mean, it's just trying to erase that brainwashing to put you back into society yeah but i mean but isn't societal acceptance just another form of brainwashing absolutely uh in fact if you read the four agreements by don miguel ruiz you'll read a lot of that that our parents are unintentionally brainwashing us as we grow up because they are teaching us things and and ways to be that doesn't mean that that's how things are supposed to be. You know, my wife and I get into arguments about that all the time. She's like, you can't do that. And I'm like, why? She's like, because you're not supposed to. And I'm like, who says? And she's like, everyone. And I'm like, nah, my family, we never said that. We never said you had to do that. Like, what? I, and I don't even know what it is. It could be just a P- way a chore is done. Or is anything. it? Is it probably? Is it? It's probably pee in public, right? That's what it is. <laughs> sure, I guarantee you. If when we're hiking and I got a pee, she's like, don't do it. 
don't do it. I'm like, there is no one around for a hundred miles. I think we're fine. There could be a helicopter. <laughs> they wouldn't see it. Mm-mm. They barely saw that damn uh, monolith when <laughs> it was there. So, anywho. Anyways, yeah. as you're as you're listening to this, think about all the things that you'll probably get brainwashed on all the time. So all the time, advertising is. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's. Yeah, the, the episode we had with Tenny, right? Talking yep. about the, yeah, that's pretty good stuff. 100%. Um, but yeah, anyways, yeah, so let's get out of that. And uh, let's go ahead and move into our cryptid of the week. Oh my God, yes! We are not going to fuck around on this one! Hey y'all, it's the Jersey Devil. Hope y'all are ready to meet some of my friends. All right, we are back. And as you heard, the Jersey Devil is super pumped. I said it because I'm allowed to say it. Y'all don't folk around on this one. If y'all folk this one up, I'm going to folk you up. Tell them, Josh. Tell them what it is. (laughs) Come on, don't laugh at it. Tell them. It's the the folk monster. (laughs) I told y'all you can't folk it up. Shut up. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, I'm yelling at him because I feel like I have to, but I'm with him. It's funny. Yeah. So tell us about the Falk monster. <laughs> so uh, Falk, uh, actually spelled F-O-U-K-E, by the way, uh, in case anyone wants to look it up. Um, the first reported sighting was in 1908 in Arkansas. Ooh, Arkansas. Or, yep. I never understood. It's Kansas, but it's Arkansas. I don't understand. But I think anyways. they just wanted to separate themselves. Or... Or that's the traditional, um, that's the traditional pronunciation of of Kansas is Kansas, and maybe that's what Kansas should be, <laughs> you know, right. much like all the uh, foreign all the, town names yeah. in Kentucky are just Versailles, yeah. <laughs> Monticello. Yeah. Anyways, so um, in uh, actually in in the monsters named after the town. Um, Falk, Arkansas is a very small town, uh, no more than like 800 people call it home, but fame has visited Falk thanks to the legendary Falk monster, also known as the Boggy Creek monster. Which heads up, we may be talking about that down yeah. the road with Mr. Keith H because there's a really great movie. <laughs> Um, The earliest known report was recorded in 1908, but an event in 1971 put the creature on the cryptozoological map. Uh, Elizabeth Ford was sleeping on the family couch late one night on May 2nd when she heard a commotion. She woke up to see the furry arm of what she thought was a bear breaking through her screen window. Her husband, Bobby, and his brother, Don, were outside and heard Elizabeth scream. They ran to her aid and saw the animal standing seven feet tall at the window. I felt a hairy arm come over my shoulder, and the next thing I knew, we were on the ground. The only thing I could think about was to get out of there. In a panic, he ran through the wood and glass front door without opening it. Even so, the men managed to empty their guns, firing several shots toward the foul-smelling creature to scare it away. They thought they'd hit the animal that rapidly escaped, but no trace of blood was found. The search did turn up three toed footprints, scratch marks, and damage to the screen and siding of the house. In the weeks that followed, several other people reported seeing an ape-like creature 
So Little Rock, Arkansas radio station KAAY offered more than $1,000 for the first person to produce definitive evidence. The money went unclaimed. Radio wasn't the only entertainment medium paying attention to the Falk Monster. Filmmaker Charles B. Pierce saw money in the making and released The Legend of Boggy Creek, a horror movie loosely based on the eyewitness reports in 1972. The frightening low-budget film quickly grows $20 million, and several sequels followed. Yep, I love it. And like I said, I don't want to spend too much time on it because we're going to cover it down the road, but it's one of the earlier... Uh, examples of found footage so to speak because now found footage doesn't matter if it's documentary style or not it's just considered found footage Um, people thought this was real and uh, this this horror movie and uh, I think Keith was one of them will tell you when he was a kid he thought it was absolutely real because it's presented as such Um, and it's absolutely fascinating Um, but yeah thank you Josh on the Falk monster aka Foggy Creek monster I think it's really interesting here that this should not be confused with a Bigfoot or a Sasquatch because Sasquatch prints are typically just really big, you know, still with the five toes. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is three-toe footprints. So. Yeah, they're actually considered kind of a, 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 a separate breed, kind of called a southern Sasquatch or even a swamp monster. They kind of uh, kind of fall into that realm there. So, um, yeah, very, very interesting. And these tend to be much more long-haired as well, longer-haired. So. Um, you know, if that breeze is blowing, you get yeah. crazy. It's nice. <laughs> wave. You know, like if you, if it riding a motorcycle, it's like blowing. Oh yeah. Blowing. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah yeah. You're, you it reminds it reminds me of the of the Geico commercial with the caveman <laughs> riding the motorcycle, <laughs> or anyone in Doctor Teeth's band on the Muppets. Really. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's yeah. be honest. So, um, but yeah, thank you uh, so much for that. And uh, yeah, I I know I've always wanted to go down to Falk, Arkansas, to kind of go check it out myself because they have like a museum and stuff. Yeah. So. Very interesting. All right. Well, let's get moving on to our final segment so that we can get over to Jonathan Johnson. And that is the UFO sighting of the week. All right. The UFO sighting of the week. I'm actually going to cover this this week. Josh, I've got one coming from New Fork. We haven't been on New Fork in a while. Um, and uh, I pulled up uh, Rosamond, California. This happened on May 19th, so not too long ago, just yeah. a little over a month ago. Um, the subject heading says large orange cluster of orbs. Sorry, Keith, mm. not those kind of orbs. <laughs> so here, here's what this person had to say. While watering the lawn facing north, I observed a long rectangular cluster of different sized orangish orb shapes above my neighbor's house. The arrangement of the individual orbs had no real pattern or structure, and the sizes were varied, but all the same color. It moved together like one object, but clearly was comprised of several distinctly separate orbs. I ran inside to get my phone to take a picture, and one by one, they disappeared. There were no clouds in the sky. I was scared, so I called a friend, and while on the phone in the same area of the sky, I now saw a line of about six small bluish lights 
following one another. I thought that the small ones could be Starlink as it looked similar, but the website said that Starlink was not visible in my location for the next five days. When the orbs were disappearing, it was as if they were passing behind a wall that wasn't there, moving forward and just gone, and I just don't know how else to describe it. Hmm. Now, Josh, that sounds that last bit sounds almost identical yeah. to what we saw last year when we saw that Starlink was not in the area at the time. And we saw a number of blue orbs moving in order, disappearing behind what looked like a wall. Yeah, we we theorized maybe like a mothership or something like a mothership yeah. or something. I don't know. That's fascinating, as well as the cluster um, to see two different sets of sightings in one night in in what seems like minutes was fascinating yep uh, indeed so yeah thank you guys on that um but yeah that is that's our ufo sighting of the week that's a good one um but i'm not even gonna waste any time on it man because i'm ready to get into our interview with jonathan johnson so please stick around we're going to take a very small break and we will be right back with jonathan johnson ghost hunter extraordinaire Good evening, dear friends. I am your head mister, Stefan Gearhart. And I am your co-mister, the man with no name, Lance Wayne. And we are the Misters of the Dark. Join us as we discuss everything from horror books, films, and even pretty princesses. <laughs> Join us every other Tuesday in our dilapidated mansion. You never know what's going to happen next. Only on the Fearscape Media Network. <laughs> That's a good laugh. Hi, do you enjoy diving into true crime and tales of the paranormal? Then join us. I'm Anna. And I'm Lindsay on our podcast, Ghosts in the Attic, Bodies in the Basement. A Fearscape Media Network podcast. New episodes air every other Friday on wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thank you guys so much for sticking around after the break. As promised, we've got Jonathan Johnson here from the West Virginia Paranormal Investigations. Welcome to Fearscape, my friend. How are you today? I'm great. I'm excited to be here and uh, looking forward to having some fun tonight. And that's the show. <laughs> good night, everybody. Yeah, we'll good night. Thanks for tuning in. <laughs> <laughs> no, I got to say, you know, we are lucky. You know, we do a podcast, so it's all audio. Um, but we do we do everything on Zoom so that we can see each other, even when we're all across the country. I mean, the three of us are in different states. We got Arizona, Kentucky, and West Virginia. Um, though I got to say, Jonathan, you look like you're ready to beat the shit out of any ghost <laughs> that comes your way. I'm like, if you're a ghost, stay out of West Virginia, y'all. <laughs> I love it, man. Um, so, yeah, I, um, I I noticed that uh, you've got your nice little West Virginia hat on. Something I realized the other day is that the state of West Virginia kind of looks like a heart. Like an actual heart. Oh, like, like an a, actual heart? I also yeah. kind of thought it looked kind of looked like a chicken leg. Um, yeah, like a drumstick yeah, with like something sticking yeah, out. It, the t- it's actually, I mean, you, you said there's no video on this, right? So I yeah. can show you guys. No. It's actually, this is West Virginia. This is the state of West Virginia. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm like right here. Yeah, yeah, there we go. Yeah, I mean, I've got a ton of family in Michigan, so we do the mitten. You know, oh, where are you at on the yep. mitten? Oh, from down here. <laughs> so, so what you're telling me is for everybody who's listening and isn't able to see the visual – 
West Virginia is giving everyone the middle finger. Is what you're telling me. One hundred percent. Also yep. hitchhiking at the same time. Oh yeah, well, also, also hitchhiking. hitchhiking. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, it's the you're hitchhiking, somebody passes you by, and it's like. <laughs> well, I always remember, you know, talking about the middle finger is like there's there's different um, uh, levels of the middle finger. So there's there's the close hand thumb in middle finger. That's like. Hey, buddy, you cut me off in traffic. Then there's the thumb out. That's like you're all in. And then if you're able to like extend your fingers forward and like do the do the you know the nested middle <laughs> finger, that's like I am ready to throw down with you <laughs> outside of a bar at two a.m. And that is West Virginia, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. Uh, <laughs> no, we we love West Virginia, man. We've been a number of times. We've got a lot of friends there, and uh, but our focus has a lot of times been Mothman or Flatwoods or UFOs or you know Keel and Barker and things like that. So we were super pumped to uh, have you come on and kind of hit us on the ghost uh, type of haunting side of things so uh give us a little kind of you know elevator pitch on on what you guys do there uh, with your organization we are incredibly lucky to be surrounded by amazing places in west virginia everybody who's in the paranormal in any capacity um should be in west virginia like you guys said with uh ufo stuff <laughs> with zoology stuff and especially with the paranormal for us we have the Trans-Allegheny Lunatic Asylum, which is one of the top, I don't know, two to three places on mm -hmm. everybody's bucket list. We have the West Virginia Penitentiary in Moundsville, which is one of my favorite places. Uh, and then we're getting more and more every year, it seems like. We just recently had another big location called Sweet Springs Sanitarium pop up on the map. Uh, another place called uh, the old college on hospital hill both of those were featured on uh, the travel channel recently so they're starting to get a little bit more publicity and then we have one of our favorite places here in west virginia called the hayman house where we've had incredible or incredible investigations so super lucky like i said to, to be so close to so many cool places you know one of the things that we talk about we've talked about before on the show is that um you know we, we kind of jokingly said if uh, if someone's in an airplane and they have a heart attack and they die, does that mean their ghost is now inhabiting the space at 40,000 feet? And so it you know, really got me thinking, you know, do you all ever go do investigations that are just bare woods places, but once upon a time they were buildings or they were settlements or something like that, and maybe there's some activity there where there actually isn't a structure anymore? Absolutely. Yeah. West Virginia is, I mean, aside from the paranormal and that kind of thing, it's, it's known as an outdoor state. So hunting, fishing, everything like that. I've grown up on that since I was literally five years old. So I've been raised in the outdoors. So being in locations like that, absolutely. I love to go out, um, especially, and there are a lot of places connected with like the civil war and other battlefields that are just open fields and not a specific building. So yeah, we've definitely been out in wide open locations before, and I'm perfectly comfortable with that. <laughs> yeah, you know, like, uh, you know, we're from Kentucky originally, and uh, well, I am, and <laughs> Josh is still there. Uh, but, you know, Kentucky and West Virginia are very similar in that regard. There's so much UFO activity, one of the first alien sightings, you know, and things like that, plus all the Sasquatch, plus all of the ghost and civil war stuff just the same thing uh we went to uh, a small town college uh for a year or two 
and there was a place called Tebs Bend, the Battle of Tebs Bend. And one of the interesting things was just big open hill that went down to an open field, but the trees had holes in it where they stood behind to shoot and just murdered all these people because they couldn't shoot the trees there. But it's just a big open field, but it's haunted as all get out. And so there were always ghost hunters out there. We used to do amateur ghost hunting out there, um, which always leads to one of my favorite stories where we did drunk amateur ghost hunting, which I don't suggest, uh, and ended up in an ostrich farm and had no idea that ostriches were on farms and uh when you see giant red eyes running at you and you're drunk it's scary I'm just, so <laughs> especially after doing a ghost hunt was you know makes me makes me wonder was there an ostrich farm in point pleasant you know maybe that's the moth right that's, that's what i'm gonna say giant red eyes yeah. <laughs> i mean when you hear or whatever the sound they make i don't know what it is that, that was more like turkey turkey, turkey yeah. um well, you know, I, I was just, you know, there's there's also the all the stuff down there from uh, the Hatfield McCoys and, and all their feud stuff. And oh, I wonder, yeah. you know, Both all that sides stuff. of the river on that. Yeah. One. So, yeah, I mean, I, there's probably just a lot of good. The whole state is haunted, basically, is what we're saying. Um, mm, yeah, we love it, it West really Virginia. Is. <laughs> and it's bottom, gorgeous. It really is. I mean, yeah. to me, the trifecta is Kentucky, Tennessee, and West Virginia is the three most beautiful states in terms of that topography. It's just absolutely stunning, those three states. And then you get into a little Pennsylvania when you get into that mining country and, and coal mines and different things like that, which, again, there's some more haunted stuff. All the folks that have yeah. died in these coal mines and just. Yeah. So um, so what uh, I imagine your origin story goes a little something like. You were out hunting in the woods, and a ghost uh, stole your toilet paper, and you had to use a pine cone. <laughs> but, but really, what got you into doing paranormal <laughs> investigations? I wish I had a good story like that and make interviews like that. Because <laughs> <you don't>. <laughs> then it would have been like I was waddling for a week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I actually didn't have one of those like Genesis type of moments. Uh, I grew up hearing stories. My mom grew up in a house that she swore was haunted. She would tell me stories about her being upstairs in her bed and uh, her mom would be downstairs yelling at her because they were hearing footsteps and she'd be under the covers petrified. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, hearing stories like that growing up always piqued my interest and my curiosity. Uh, and then when I got to college was about the time when uh, ghost hunters and ghost adventures and things like that kind of got on the air and started to, to gain a little notoriety. And that kind of i was like oh man i didn't even realize people went out and did this yeah, like i didn't same. realize that was a thing uh so i reached out to some uh friends and family and i'm like hey does anybody know any any haunted places or haunted stores in the area my cousin rich who uh, helped me co-found the group he literally lived 100 yards away from me uh our, my entire life and we had never talked about the paranormal and he hit me up and he's like yeah man i love this stuff he actually had a near-death experience uh where he was in a coma and he was wow. out of his body and he was able to look down and see everything that was going on. Mm. So he has a lot cooler story than I do, but wow. <laughs> he made a, a full recovery. So he's good now. Hey, but we yeah, appreciate that, that was... you. Okay. Your stories are just as important. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. Now uh, in Eastern Kentucky and Southern Kentucky, you know, they use the word haint a lot. Does that carry over into uh, West Virginia at all? Or is that a strictly Kentucky thing? There's no H on the beginning, but there's definitely an, an ain't. 
Because, <laughs> yeah, they definitely, oh, yeah, you, man, let me tell you about this hate that happened back in 1875. <laughs> West Virginia just said, the hell with the H. This is just ain'ts. <laughs> I love that. That's, That's even it. better. <laughs> and if you were to go even further, I guess it goes to just ain't. So what's the um I, I guess what is the the craziest place uh let me let me change let me change the question. What is the craziest capture you've ever had and where did it happen? Uh yeah, actually this happened relatively recently. Um I actually helped found the group in two thousand seven, so I've been doing this for almost fifteen years now, wow, which is crazy. Congratulations. So I've had a lot of crazy stuff happen over the years. Uh, but we actually started filming for our YouTube web series the end of 2020. Um, so we are actually filming at a place that I mentioned earlier called the Haunted Heyman House in Sutton, West Virginia. And we captured the most unbelievable blood curdling disembodied scream that I, I still to this day, mm. even talking about it gives me chills. And we have no explanation. We've been back many times. We've tried to debunk everything we could, and uh, now, just have a good explanation. Is is this is this like a an EVP or is this? I was going to ask. Or did you guys hear it at the same time? No, this was we heard. We all heard it. There was four of us in the room. Oh. We all heard it. We all looked at each other like, "What in the world was that?" We immediately ran outside to check because we thought that somebody was physically like hurt or injured. I mean, that's yeah. what it sounded like. It was just like a, a painful scream. We captured it on, I think we had five or six cameras running. We captured on all of those. We had a live stream going for Facebook. It, we mm -hmm. captured it on the live stream. So, I mean, luckily we were able to document it because if otherwise I wouldn't have been able to convey like and, the and, and no, no peacock farms in the area, right? Because <laughs> <No. laughs> I, no, I, I went, because I, I went, I went fishing one time. I went fishing one time with some friends, and we were walking across this field, uh, coming back from uh, the creek we were fishing in, and I start hearing this, "Help, help!" And I and I was like, "What the hell is that?" I'm like, "Some ladies crawling from help," but it was like, "No, there's a peacock farm up there." So you yeah, got just... those goats that scream; they're weird. <laughs> so. um, but no, that's man. I, you know, it's interesting because uh, just even in our history of just kind of, I mean, I grew up in a haunted home, and and just you know, we've, we've done some different things and stuff like that. But it, it, screams tend to be the ones that pick up you know what i mean like that's uh, not just an evp and and if you think about what happens when you're screaming you are just like josh said with that flip off like you are pushing out the most energy as possible to blood curdle scream and it's like it's like they are trying so hard to get you to notice that they're pushing further than just letting your audio pick them up right that's what is crazy to me because usually it's like the other two tend to be like get out or like yeah, I'm here, bitch. You know, it's like it's one of those, but that blood curdle scream is the one that tends to be heard in person, which is crazy. Well, and you know, we we talked about it before, I think on the show, um, you know, vocal cords are a physical trait, right? So, uh ghosts don't have vocal cords. So, the fact that they're able to push out a blood curdling scream, you know, really makes you think about what that must entail from an energetic perspective. So, yeah. Yeah, that's that's a really good point. I mean, the energy that it uh, takes, to, especially when, I mean, I mean, I don't know what happened to cause that, but I mean, you would think it had to be something pretty traumatic to to produce that kind of result. So, I mean, the, the energy involved in that from all sides to be able to yeah. carry over yeah. and come through like that, it's pretty 
mind bending. Yeah, it's crazy. I was listening to this um, podcast that's talking about um, satanic metal, like, you know, the craze of satanic metal. This guy's like a, a rock um, journalist and things like that. So he kind of just talks about the history of satanic metal, you know, Judas Priest and Iron Maiden and Megadeth, all the good bands. And um, <laughs> but he had, you know, he's had the pleasure of interviewing them over the years for different magazines or for autobiography or excuse me, for biographies and things like that. And um, he played this clip where he was talking to, um, I think it was the guys from Iron Maiden. I can't remember now because I listened to it yesterday but it was one of the guys from one of those bands that i just mentioned more than likely either uh judas Pri i don't think it was black sabbath because black sabbath said they only kind of dawdled in it um <laughs> but they were talking about how it was like a heat wave like they were from new jersey it was like this heat wave it was like 110 at night um and they didn't have air conditioning so they would you know they were hanging out in their basement they were writing lyrics for songs they were trying to get famous and things like that well they decided to um read a bunch of uh some of the satanic bibles uh where levey put in a bunch of different quotes and stuff on chants and stuff the stuff that's not like hey look how cool we are where he's actually trying to create chants and stuff and they start they're like oh well let's go ahead and and bring in this demon and all this stuff I said all of a sudden he's speaking and he sees his breath in front of him and they start to notice how cold it is and he's like it just gets colder and colder and they're all able which he called the fog he's like we can all see the fog he said then all of a sudden the water pipes because they're in the basement start condensating and then they start dripping and turn into icicles and he said that they had they were so freaked out that they they screamed and said that they banished this demon into their black cat that they had. And then the next day they found their cat smashed into the wall dead. Like as if someone had like just rammed it as hard as it could into that wall. And they were like, we were like, Oh shit. Well, I guess we're stuck with this. If we don't honor <laughs> it, it's coming after us. And so that's why they really started pushing the lyrics in their songs, like complete opposite of what I would do. I'd be like, Jesus, come get me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the next time that you uh, see some messages scrolled on the side of a book, don't just go home and start reading this no. stuff. <laughs> We've all seen no. evil dead. We know. <laughs> don't, <laughs> don't do that. Don't do that. Ooh, man. So like, yeah, that would have got your that scream would have got me. I'd yeah. run so quick. <laughs> but so that was the obviously the so that's the most recent and kind of the biggest evidence is yeah. But I'm but I'm sure you've had some captures along the years and your 15 years of doing this. Um, captures just experience, just experiences, right? That that has really kept you going because something something has to keep you going after 15 years. And if you weren't having any activity. Uh, you'd probably be like after a year like well this isn't for me you know, and <laughs> you know and we love guys like you i mean that's why we do the show we like to let people know you're not alone that these things as far as we know are real i mean look how many of us have experiences so um you know we love having folks like you share experiences that you've had especially when out in the field and stuff like that to let people know they're not alone i'm sure that's why you investigate as well right absolutely yeah that's one of the main reasons we started the group all those years ago is so people would even if we just all even if all we did was just give them an ear that, to talk to and then that's all that some people need is just to, somebody to tell them yeah you're not crazy and if that's all we can do and that that solves the situation that's awesome uh, if we can go in and debunk something and show them that it's an everyday thing and they have nothing to worry about that's awesome too yeah or if we run across something and we think hey there there legitimately might be something here and we can help give them a little bit of 
information. Uh, right. So that's that's, just as- that's my next question because gone are the days of the Warrens. They're gone. You know whether they were hoaxers or not, they tried to help folks, right? And so a lot of time, you know, ghost hunters essentially, you know, what you guys are doing is, is essentially telling them, hey, we think this is legit or it's your pipes, right? So what happens when you do say, hey, this is legit, and they're frightened out of their mind, like? Where do you go from there? I mean, do you have folks that you send them to for help? Like, what's the next step on that? That's the one thing I always wonder about ghost hunting groups because I've never been a part of one. So it's like, what's the next step when you when you find something legit and it's a family affected? It honestly depends a lot on on the people that we're we're helping. Um, we're a very faith based group. We all have our own beliefs and. Um, we're very open to other beliefs. We work with people who have different backgrounds, so we're not going to try to pigeonhole somebody. But honestly, if we find something that a lot of times we'll just have the person or the family stand up and say, Hey, we acknowledge the fact that you're here. We see you, we hear you, whatever it is. And a lot of times that's enough and that will quell a lot of what's going on. Mm -hmm. And then there's these cases where it's just, for whatever reason, it's, it's bad. So we'll have that person reach out to somebody that they feel comfortable with, whether that's a pastor or priest, clergy, whatever the case is, and have that person come in. And uh, as long as they believe in it, that's the most important thing is to to have their own personal belief that that they can cleanse the location. And we do have people that uh, we know that we can refer people to. I don't personally do that, but we do know people that, that we can if we have to. Right. If they ask you, say if they're, you know, say someone's agnostic, you know, they, they believe in something, but they don't know what, and you know, they're like, I don't know where to turn. There's no agnostic priests, um, but we're <laughs> willing to try anything. You know, you'd be able to point them in the right direction at least, which is, that makes me feel good for um, those people out there. Cause you know, I mean, some of the stuff I had haunting growing up was not good and it was bad. You know, we have those instances of being held down and smacked and choked and all the different things like that. And so, you know, uh, it's, it's good to know that you guys are there making sure that they get help too. So, but so you know, thank you for that. <laughs> you know, something else that, you know, you just mentioned there about um, having a, a member of the household stand up and say, you know, Hey, we acknowledge that you're here. And, and so, like yeah, you know, something that I've been, <clears throat> Stephanie, you know, I have talked about and joked, you know, about once or twice is if, if someone was, um, was, was deaf in life, are they, uh, without hearing, uh, as a ghost? And I mean, it's, it's kind of odd to think about, but, but maybe that's why just standing up and acknowledging that you hear them doesn't, lessen the effects of the haunt because they don't hear your admission that you hear them. You know what I mean? Maybe that maybe it takes some other sort of uh, see I'm on sidebar you here and say sometimes it's the attention. I mean if they're energetic they can feel that energy. That's my opinion. Just throwing yeah. that out there. Loop de loop. What do you think, John? Yeah. <laughs> well, no, I, I agree. I mean there's there's a lot of theories and of course nobody obviously knows, but there's theories that once people are able to pass on or they do pass on that they're able to understand languages they couldn't before yeah. mm-hmm. or they're able to 
see or hear things they couldn't before. So, I mean, I wish I knew all the answers. I would be famous. Well, in I wish you did too. <laughs> <laughs> That's the whole reason we brought you well, on this show, man. I mean, and really, <laughs> I was totally misled. No, <laughs> um, but no, you know, it was plus if you if you could prove the afterlife. Um, uh, who is it? Uh, Who's uh, the benefit? No, no, no. The the guy the guy who owns a uh, Bigelow Airspace. Uh, Bigelow. Uh, well, what's his first name? I Anyways, Mister Bigelow. Well, Mister Bigelow. <laughs> but you know, he, he's Bigelow got he's got a million dollar uh, challenge out there right now for the first person who can prove the existence of an afterlife. So Robert Bigelow. Right there, you go. Thank you. Well, <laughs> you know, co- when it comes to something like that, it's like, what proof does he require, though? Because we do are pretty sure we have some things captured on film, right? We we have seen some things. I mean, I, I mean, I always bring up Sir No Face, dude's a douchebag, but God, that video footage of Sir No yeah. Face is frightening. <laughs> so it's like, what else? What 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 do you need, Mister Bigelow? Do you need him to um, set up an appointment with you to be like, yes, I'm Stefan's grandfather who died ten years ago. <laughs> <laughs> so. um <laughs> yeah, where to go from there? So Sorry. you know, we we talk a lot about um, the different types of haunts, you know, being uh, residual versus um, um, inter- interactive is not the right word. What's it? Um, intelligent. 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 Thank Boy, you. We both went brain dead on that. Yeah. Not intelligent for us. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, intelligent or residual. Do you find that most of your investigations are one way or the other, or a good mixture of both? I think the majority of the ones that I've ever encountered have been a, a mix of both. Hmm. Uh, very rarely have I found one and not the other. Hmm. Um, so, I mean, in a lot of cases, you'll find more of one. It's, it's always not going to be 50-50. You may be 70-30 yeah. one way or the other. But for the most part, uh, yeah, I think it's a pretty healthy mix between the two. Especially because I'm sure you guys, you know, um, we're from Louisville. So, of course, Waverly, you know, one of the big tests there is the ball for the little kid and things like that. We've been to the Whispers estate where uh, the room, she was known for scratching people on the neck. And I, of course, asked to be scratched and ended up getting two two giant scratch marks on the side of my neck and things like that. Those to me seem um, as intelligent hauntings because you're asking them and working with them and, and uh, you got you guys do things like that as well i've been seeing the new thing is like using those cat balls uh that that blink i don't know if you guys use those or not but i'm like i need to get some we use those all the time and that's just like a big running joke that they're playing with the balls and stuff like that i mean we're five-year-old kids (laughs) (laughs) and ghost cats dude i man i have so many stories of ghost cats let me tell you they just rub up against your leg (laughs) that's crazy that you bring that up the the most (laughs) episode that we released for forgotten relics was at an old theater um built early in the 1900s i swear on my life and it didn't make it into the episode because it was just so far-fetched i swear i saw a cat walk right beside one of our i saw a cat walk by him i was waiting for him to like react because it was like right by his leg and he never moved and i was like i looked around and nobody else saw it Dude, yeah, my biggest was- ghost sightings are cats. <laughs> Some that I've had at work have been cats running underneath my desk. We lived in uh, uh, my friends and my ex-girlfriend and I, we all lived in this old Victorian home in um, Louisville, Kentucky, in old Louisville. And we had, I swear to God, we had like three, four ghost cats. You'd just be standing there cooking and we had two cats. So, you know, you feel something rub against your leg like a cat would. 
but the, you look behind you in the bedroom and both cats are laying on the bed and you're like what the hell or you'll feel the impression of the cat lay next to you yet there's no cat there and then you look over and they're on the other side of you sleeping and you're like what the hell like I'm telling you ghost cats are legit I haven't had any ghost dog experiences because those <laughs> fools are on the rainbow bridge waiting for their masters but cats <laughs> they stick around I think the Egyptians gave them superpowers <laughs> Well, that's that's actually probably why they were so, uh, uh, or you know, uh, treasured by the Egyptians because that was one of the animals that basically proved the afterlife for the right, Egyptians. and they were able to walk between the realms and right. things like that. So, yeah, you know, I I, I catch my cats playing with or, or running around back and forth down here in the basement, and you know, just playing with something down here. So it's just really interesting when you think about. Uh, and I actually had a uh, we we didn't uh, talk about it uh, tonight, Stefan and Creepy Ketchup, but I want to talk about it here. Um, I was coming down the stairs uh, a couple of days ago, and uh, I, I don't keep a lot of lights on in my basement. I have like a couple of lamps and stuff, but there's not a lot of light. And where the stairs come into my basement, there's not a lot of light there. There's, but down at the bottom of my stairs, right at the entryway of the door, was a dark, shadowy area on the floor. And as I stepped down closer to the floor, to the doorway, it moved away from the doorway. And I tried with everything that I could down here to recreate the shadow that I saw based on the lighting that's in the room, and I can't recreate it. Um, and so that was my kind of, I, I, you know, I, I saw something in my basement moving around. And like I said, I've, I've had experiences in this house with ghost cats. And so I'm just thinking that was probably one of my one of my ghost cats that was out you know playing around with my other cats that were down here and i happened to see it this one time i've always felt it like stefan said on the bed or or rub up against my leg or whatever but that's the first time i've actually seen anything that i can't explain that could be a ghost cat so pretty cool and then the fact that we're talking about it here tonight is also neat so it makes me feel better that i'm not insane that i, I know there's probably here. listeners saying the same thing they're like okay it's not just me <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Now I'm like, man, now there needs to be an investigation at a zoo. What if you get like a ghost lion? Get out. It's like, you know, because that's the question. It's like how, you know, because there's that fear. If if a ghost can and can rub up against you uh, like a cat or if it can choke you and smack you, can it murder you? Right. That's the fear that, you know, Hollywood has taught us um what are your th- i know that's kind of a crazy ass question but like what are your thoughts on that on like a spirit able to like make itself that corporeal that it can really really hurt you i've, I've definitely been scratched before uh i was at the sally house in atchis in kansas um and we were doing an investigation there and i had three long scratches down the entire length of my forearm um, and there was nothing obviously around when it happened. So there was no reason that it should have happened. So, I mean, I definitely 100% believe they can interact physically with you. Uh, I think it would take such a massive amount of energy the, to do so much harm to kill somebody that it would be very, very difficult. I mean, I guess I couldn't say it could never happen, but I uh, yeah I don't, I don't know. know I never really put a whole yeah. lot of thought into it. murdering ghosts. <laughs> Me neither till right now. Just talking about it. But <laughs> some of it is is two weeks ago we had on uh, author and demonologist M R Gorga and he very much he now 
I disagree with him on this point, but he's one of those that believes anything paranormal is a demon, whether it be Sasquatch, whether it be alien, whether it be ghost. I'm in the realm of, I think that there are spirits, but there may also be demons as well. How do you, where do you sit? I know you said there's some religious aspects there. I mean, do you, do you feel like there are demon attacks that happen and have you experienced anything along those lines? I grew up in a very religious household. I have two uncles who are pastors. My mom grew up very much involved in the church. My grandma still goes to church, really, I mean, religiously, every single two times a week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I mean, when I first got into it and we first kind of put it out there that we were doing this, most of our family was like, you're messing with demons. I mean, right. that's just what they thought. I mean, anything paranormal, that's a demon, no matter what it was. And a lot of them have come around on that. Some people in the family are still 100% sure that we're just messing, yeah. messing around with demons. So <laughs> I don't think that'll ever change. But I 100% believe that demons exist and uh, people have encountered them. But I think it's so minuscule compared to the claims that are actually out mm-hmm. there. I mean, it's obvious why people do it. The TV shows and the YouTube series and everything, yeah. they do it to get views. And because when you say demon in the headline oh, or yeah. demon or something like that, you're going to get clicks and you're going to get views. <laughs> I don't know why people do it, but the actual demonic encounters, I believe, is, I mean, very, very minuscule. Right, because like we said, uh, spirits can be angry as well, and it does not make them a demon. Exactly. Well, and I mean, you know, in, in a spirit could be using physical harm, if you want to call it harm, uh, is as just another means of getting your attention. I mean, if if they've been screaming and knocking things off walls and nobody's paying attention to them, I mean, they're going to escalate their activities, right? So, Well, and speaking yeah. of, like, you know, uh, uh, the Warrens again, I mean, there were two cases where a demon possessed the spirit, which was, you know, something we hadn't really seen all that much. And, and some say Amityville as well. But, I mean, when you're talking about the uh, infield haunting as well as the, um, the Smurl haunting, both of those had instances where there was a haunting in the home that were simple hauntings, whether it be family members or whatever it may be, and they believed that a demon came in and possessed that spirit. I think Conjuring 2 even shows that, where they show the old man getting possessed by the demon there. Um, But boy, that's a crazy thing to think about, too, is that a spirit itself can be inhabited by a possible demon. That's kind of freaky. Yeah, I'd never considered that. I never really... (laughs) You're welcome. Yeah, well... (laughs) Enjoy your dreams tonight. <laughs> but yeah, the Smurl haunting really talked about that. Smurl haunting yeah. is one of my favorite Warren yeah. cases that Warrens were barely involved. But like one of those, that's one of the big instances that they very much believe that the demon was taking control of a friendly spirit that was in the house that uh, I think they believe might have been a family member. Yeah, it was was harnessing the energy from the spirit in order to you know, in, intensify its own. And even trick the family members by, you know, because, you know, they say demons can mimic voices and things like that. Well, here it's using the actual energy able to use the, let's say it's a, a mother that had passed on, able to use those those tones and those things like that uh, in, dr- in dreams and all of that stuff. That's frightening. So <laughs> need to go wash with holy water. I'll be yeah. <laughs> Well, that's, so that's, you know, that's kind of where I wanted to go next. Um, I wanted to know, when you all go out to to set up um, to do an investigation, um, you know, obviously you have all your equipment for capturing things or whatever the case may be, but but what do you do 
to protect yourself from whatever's there. Yeah, I mean, we we definitely take precautions. Uh, I mean, anytime you're investigating anything, even if it's something that we're pretty sure is residual, anytime you open yourself up, there's always a risk. So we always take precautions. Like I said, we're all very faith-based. So whatever's personal to us personally, um, I will say a prayer and I also have usually some type of uh, uh, crucifix or something like that on me if I feel like I need it that I can kind of ground myself through that. Mm-hmm. And if a place gets really bad, we'll openly say a prayer together as a group. And uh, I mean, we always tell whatever's there that uh, they're not allowed to, to hurt us or follow us, which doesn't always yeah. work, but we can yeah. get to make ourselves feel a little bit better in the moment. <laughs> Yeah. Um, well, and in, and I think that there's, uh, I think there's a shift in your own energy output when you're afraid, right? And so, um, I think sometimes that that fear energy that kind of gets put out into a space, if there's something there that wants to that wants to interact in a negative way, they could probably uh, almost feed off of that fear energy a little bit, and it makes them a little more, you know, a little stronger. And so, anytime that you can at the end of the day, a lot of this stuff is only for your benefit of understanding and feeling better about being in a space so that you don't put that fear energy out into the world. Absolutely. Yeah, I totally agree. Anytime you're, uh, I mean, depending on the location, if it is something that's not good or not demonic, but not, like I said, not a good thing. And they they sense that uh, weakness or whatever you want to call it, they can definitely kind of latch on and kind of poke and prod and see where they can get in and kind of mess with you and uh if you let them they can definitely influence how you're you're thinking and feeling you know one of the things that that we've talked about before um stefan i don't think you've had one in a while but you know used to get a lot of night hags and we we talk about um that not everything that uh looks scary is dangerous or or means you harm and so just because you see a shadow figure in a dark house uh, at the time that you're doing an, an investigation doesn't necessarily mean that that shadow figure is there to hurt you or whatever the case may be. And so I'm I still think not it, 100% behind that, but go ahead. <laughs> well, it's <laughs> scary, man. You know, but you, you don't have to, you don't, if you assume that it's there to hurt you, then you're, and then it, you're going to make it that you're going to make that case in your own mind. Right. So, um, yes. I mean, if something's holding you down and you can't move and it's breathing hot sulfur breath on you and it's scratching your face and choking you, I'm sorry. It's hard for me to go like, <laughs> are you really here to hurt me, buddy? Cause I just, well, that's different. I, that's different. That's actually doing the activity of hurting. Sure, you. But just... those are a lot of times the same figures, whether they be just standing at the end of the bed or on the side of the bed or hanging from the fucking ceiling fan spinning like that one did. <laughs> um, it's frightening. And, and how can it not be? I mean, it, it, if per se, it's not us that are seeing it that way, but that is how it is presenting itself. It is presenting itself as something scary, black figure, Vanta black with red eyes or whatever it may be, claws, things like that. We, you know, we we like to say that, you know, spirits, like I said, they can speak languages they were never able to speak before. So we want to give them credit for being intelligent. Well, then come to me as grandma, not as a creepy black figure trying to eat my soul. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Right? Yeah. It's like... Well, but maybe I you're. I don't know. 
I can't Maybe you're just it. seeing it that way. I don't know. Uh, well, that's I. That's why I stated in the beginning. If it's not me that's seeing yeah. it that way, <laughs> if it's me that's seeing it that way, then yeah, maybe I need some ghost therapy, and I need to have Sigmund Freud show up, and we need to do some therapy. That's a little bit different. <laughs> it's all those horror movies you watch. That's what the problem is. Those are those are classic movie gems, <laughs> sir. <laughs> Is that is that all? Oh, they're documentaries, right? That's what it Document. is. Well, that's a good segue, Jonathan. It's like, how often do you get these people that do want you to come out because they've just recently seen something and they think they've got the same thing? Is that something that happens to you guys? We have cut back a lot on residual or not residuals, residentials, uh, in-home investigations, because just. There's a lot of liability involved with mm. with that. Oh, I've I've never even thought about that. Years. So, I mean, we we would have people who would uh, leave money laying around and try to just like bait us into taking money and cause problems, or we have people who would give us a key and be like, "Hey, here, give me this," or "Here's the key. We'll come back." And then they don't take the key for a week, and then you're stuck with the key. And if somebody something happens to the house, I mean, oh my god, yeah, and it's you. So I mean stuff like that. We we've cut back significantly uh, over the years. But when we were doing a lot of in-home investigations, we would get a lot of quote unquote attention seekers mm-hmm. or people who would see stuff and they're like, oh man, I might, I have that. That's that's what's going on here. We would have people who would tell us, yeah, I've never done a, an investigation, and then we show up and they're showing or they're playing us EVPs and they're showing us all these videos they've taken. Like mm-hmm. I thought you just told me five minutes ago you've never done an investigation. So <laughs> there are definitely yeah. definitely some people who are influenced by Hollywood and, and they a lot of people want that to be the case, uh, for whatever reason. Like I said, I guess they just want the attention, but We've definitely had some of those over the years. Yeah, that sucks, man. That absolutely sucks. And, you know, and I always have to question that, too. We do a paranormal story at the end of every episode that listeners send in to us. And, I mean, I, you know, we have to question it, too. You know, are they just making it up because they want to be seen? You know, you see a lot of folks on a lot of, like, uh, Facebook groups, paranormal groups and stuff that's obviously just done the freaking plot of a movie from 1975 that they didn't think anybody knew. But you got a horror nerd like me that happens to be like come on man don't make that your story like you don't have to do that just wait if you want something to happen give it time you're right. 19 give it time <laughs> <laughs> oh man um but i did want to say I, I love i love the title of your guys's youtube show the forgotten relics it it's it's fascinating because relics in a lot of ways implies objects but it, older folks and things like that have also been called that and so it's very fascinating to me that you guys chose that title um because it represents so much stuff and so um kind of what's the history behind that and and why that title i mean which by the way again i love that title i really appreciate that because that took us forever to come up with the right title that we felt fit what we were trying to do mm-hmm. uh i've been trying to get a web series off the ground for years and years and for whatever reason the time or the money whatever it was it just never came to fruition and recently with the group that we have we have a really solid group and we all had the the same mindset and the same idea so we sat down and we decided what we wanted it to be and we wanted to, to showcase not only the locations, 
But what we do with a lot of episodes is we'll bring in specific things related to the location mm-hmm. as a trigger object. So we'll bring in something related to a hospital or we'll bring in something related to the theater, whatever it is. And that's kind of where we got the idea for, for the relics is kind of that, that trigger object. But it does really have a double meaning, like you said, but it applies to the building and the people and everything else. So we were super happy that we settled on an idea and a, a title that fits what we wanted to do. Absolutely. And I, I do, I appreciate that. And, you know, doing research and stuff, I've watched all the videos and I, I very much, I love your guys's connection, your guys's, the way you guys handle things and produce things and just your, your work together. Um, it's done really, really well. And I highly recommend everybody to check it out um, on YouTube. Just go to West Virginia Paranormal Investigations. It's really good. And I really hope um, much like we all want this, of course, I really hope more people are able to pay attention to what you guys are doing because, you know, in our history, we've come across a number of schmucks, you know, in, in this community, let's be honest. I mean, I am not, I am not a, 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 a ghost adventures guy at all. I feel like we should respect the dead and respect them, not, not entice them and, and make them angry um, to where your eyesight goes crazy. It's like, I don't, <laughs> and I, I, you guys showcase a respect not just for the spirits but the places you're at the people you're interviewing the just the whole nine yards and that to me is far more impressive than pissing off a ghost and making it uh you know possess your body every single week yeah i i 100 agree and i appreciate that we really wanted to get away from that style that uh over the top everything's mm-hmm. evil everything's a demon type of deal and uh, a lot of times with a lot of those type of shows, you'll get like 45 minutes worth of uh, backstory and just like they run these long stories where everything is connected, even when there's literally no connection whatsoever. They make these giant leaps to connect mm-hmm. things. And I just, I mean, I, I still watch Ghost Adventures because I think it's funny and it's the same. It's <laughs> I, I, I hate watch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly that's that's good i mean it, it is what it is so we wanted to go away from that we wanted to try to to showcase the actual what it actually is on an investigation we wanted to show um i mean we wanted to highlight the building and the people and the history obviously but we wanted to show people more realistic version of like the down and dirty kind of behind the scenes exactly and that's the problem. Most ghost hunting shows have moved towards entertainment these days as opposed to educational or scientific, um, which is what they should be. They should. I, I mean, I know entertainment sells and things like that, but guess what? There's channels like Gaia that are out there that are all about the educational, you know, uh, if things like um, type of places like Discovery Plus and History Channel. Yes, there's a lot of entertainment, but there's also at the same time a lot of scientific and educational as well. The history aspect um, is something that I very, very much love, and it's okay to treat it that way. Um, well, I think if you have a good group of people with a good personality, that entertainment We'll just be, I mean, I do improv and it lives in my life and we just naturally, when we get together, Joshua, we have a good time, right? It's like, there's the entertainment. Yeah. We're not forcing this entertainment. Let the entertainment be you, not the ghost. Right. Exactly. Um, and, and I think too, that um, um, a lot of shows uh, that are more, let's call them uh, mainstream, although I don't think paranormal is ever really considered mainstream, but um but like ghost adventures and things 
every episode has to produce a result, right? There has to be at least one EVP. There has to be at least one capture something. It happens to and the so, best of them. Happened to Ghost Hunters, too, where yeah. they felt like I had and, to. And so when you get into that mindset um, that it's not just about the process, it's about the result, then I think you lose a little bit or quite a bit about what, you know, why you're going out each time. Um, but I but I appreciate that you all show, you know, the process that goes into what you're doing. And it's okay if you do an investigation and you catch things and you're able to debunk every single thing. To me, that's honesty and entertainment. Yes, I'm still okay with that. I mean, it, it's like I'm not, you know, it's like hellier. People are always like, but where's the goblins? We haven't seen the goblins. Right. Like, it's not about the goblins. It's about the process and the journey. And that's what it should be, too. It shouldn't be about the results. So again, though, I understand they feel like they have to get ratings or whatever. But at the same time, I'm also like, if you guys are just good people and have a good time, you're going to have ratings. It shouldn't it should be everything. And again, yeah. I know Josh just said this again and we'll say it again. It's why we respect what you guys do very much. So, yeah, I, I really that means a lot because that's what we want to do. And, and we do debunk literally or try to debunk everything we can and there's stuff that we've debunked that i know 100 percent another team that captured that would have used that and highlighted that and that makes me proud there was a a thing that we had happen at the sweet spring sanitarium which is, we did get a lot of good stuff there but at the time that some other stuff was happening we captured this mist that was outside the door and it, I mean, it's like holy grail type of stuff. Like I was just like stunned and blown away. And we were like, oh my gosh. But we took the time to recreate that. And we waited till later that night and it was cooler. And there's a little bit of uh, like vapor in the air. And there's one little tiny place where if a car came around the turn the right way and it hit the window, that it produced that same effect. And we didn't use it. I mean, and because obviously we, but I guarantee 100% that if, whatever percentage of groups would have saw that they're, they're done. And it would have they're been on repeat in slow motion three times. Exactly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, you do, I mean, we do it on our show all the time. I mean, we, we have a segment that we call creepy catch up. If we've had, you know, paranormal or UFO or anything related activity, we chat about it. Um, and the very first thing we do is we, we, we check it. I mean, when things we've learned when, especially if we see a UFO, both Josh and I have like the Starlink app on our phone, as well as um, what flights or helicopters are at the time. That's the first thing we check. We're like, boom, boom. Okay. Neither of those are there. What am I looking at? Right. And, yeah. and you can't always look for gold like you, or you're always going to find it. Right. It's like, so you've got yeah. to have a skeptic eye because man, it feels there's much more victory in it when you have done everything you can to deb- to debunk it and you're left with that because what's that quote it's like um when uh the only thing left is blank uh when all other uh possibilities have been considered i don't know the exact quote, yeah for for the impossible sir, you sir, know yeah it's like the only when the impossible is the only thing left that becomes the possible right it's like and that if that's all you're left with then you have done you have done due diligence in my opinion and and due diligence is what is needed to help try sway anyone outside of those of us that automatically believe 100 percent, absolutely now you got me wondering it, it was it was in a it was a sir uh conan doyle 
uh, quote, but now you got me wondering what the actual quote is. But, uh, it's, <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, it's actually using a lot of uh, Sherlock Holmes books. But, yeah. So, yeah. Um, but, I mean, it's, again, um, integrity in the field is something that's lacking. And so any team that continues to show integrity in the field is worth spending the time and effort to watch, to follow, to interact with whenever possible. And you and your team are one of those. So thank you. Um, now, I think we kind of touched on this in the very, very beginning, but you know, you've been doing this for 15 years. What is it that keeps you going? What is it that makes you spend your own money? Because we all know there's no money in this. So it's like, what is it that keeps you spending your own money and kind of what is your secret goal that you have? What's the big thing that you're hoping happens, you know, uh, that what's you your, could be like, yeah. I'll die happy that way I can haunt others. What's right? your ghost, so, your ghost bucket list? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I, of course, I think everybody wants to capture the full body apparition with no thought about it, like no questions. And you can just be like, here, this is it. This is the proof. I mean, I think that's everybody's, I mean, mm-hmm. like you said, wish list kind of thing. Personally, I, I like to learn about the, the location. I like to go back to locations. There have been places we've been multiple times, and we build every single time, and we learn more and more. And then we'll talk to the people who own or run the place, and we'll find out stuff that matches up with what we captured that we didn't even know going into it. And so just that, that process of learning and growing and finding out more, and then now, I mean, a lot of the stuff that we do with the web series, I've kind of found a passion for like the the storytelling and the the documentary style mm-hmm. filmmaking and things yeah. like that that have kind of given me a new passion to, to reinvigorate myself after all these years. So, I mean, there's stuff that uh, I would love to see, but even if it never happens, I'm, I'm perfectly fulfilled with, with what I've done. You know, something that, um, that I used to always, so when I lived with my grandparents for a long time and their house was built in 1825 and had a lot of different things happen. There was a doctor's office on the lower level and all that kind of stuff when it was built. But um, one of the things that I noticed is when I first moved into that house, uh, there was a lot of activity. And the longer I was there, the less and less the activity presented itself unless I interacted or or I spoke out loud or whatever the case would be. Have you all ever thought about doing um, a more... uh, uh, you know, continuous investigation at a, at a single or a, at the same location over. So every third Monday, we're going to go investigate this place and see if you can basically establish a rapport mm. with whatever the haunt is that's there. Yeah, we've never done it to, to that specificity, uh, but we do have places we go to on a regular basis and we'll try to, like I said, learn more and more and then. And, once we go over and see what we got last time, we'll kind of incorporate that into our next set of questions. Uh, one thing that I, I did, uh, it's been a number of years ago that not a lot of people have done is we actually stayed in a house that was incredibly haunted and we lived there for 30 straight days and investigated every single night yes. for 30 straight days. Awesome. I was going to say, uh, that's that one was, of the few Zach Baggins things that I liked was that <laughs> Demon House doc he did because he spent so many days there. 
um, and things like that. So I'm, I, I, man, I'm fascinated by that. Cause I'm like, I would watch a whole season of you guys just staying at one place yeah. and seeing every day what happens or doesn't happen. Right. Make it like no. a reality show. <laughs> every, every episode, dear ghost diary tonight. <laughs> what a bad idea. I might have to steal that one. That's good. <laughs> Living with ghosts. Like, so how was that for you guys? You guys did that 30 days. Yeah, it's incredibly different than going to a place and staying for eight hours and then leaving and then completely done with it. Because whatever you are interacting with, you have to stay there. You have to sleep there. You have to live there. And we would, I mean, we would obviously leave the house and go do different things. But the majority of our downtime was spent in the house. So, I mean, you're constantly surrounded by whatever energy is there. And this place, I don't think it was demonic, but this is one of like the nastiest places that I've ever been. And that, I mean, to this day, I still have stuff that I don't know if it still follows me or it will still pop up from time to time, but there's still stuff from that experience that that sticks with me to this day. Well, see, and it's fascinating because it puts you in the mindset of residential folks that you do go with. You kind of gives you an empathy that others may not have and uh that's just fascinating um which by the way i wanted to say i found the quote josh it is a sherlock holmes quote it says once you eliminate the impossible whatever remains no matter how improbable must be the truth and i have lived by that most of my life (laughs) it is absolutely Um, phenomenal I did want to ask if um, and totally lost it because you went back and found the quote. <laughs> That's so what I do. Get to jog my memory here. Um, so you all, uh, so you did the 30. Oh, I don't know what I was going to ask. Have you ever done, so it seems like a lot of the investigations, at least the ones that I've been a part of or I've watched, always happen at night. And, and I know I understand it's because most people are at home asleep or whatever. And so there's not a lot of traffic. There's not a lot of outside influences that could be you know affecting the investigation but have you ever done daytime investigations and do you get things in daytime investigations oh 100 without a doubt yeah i mean there's no uh limit or no reason why they would only interact at night but you're exactly right most people do it because that's when they have free time or that's when there's less contamination of people going in and out or around or less noise and uh, obviously, if you're filming something, it's obviously creepier at night. I was about yeah. to say, let's yeah. be honest, yeah, it's more fun at night because <laughs> <night, laughs> it's scarier. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we yeah. definitely had happen. And the place we just filmed at most recently uh, here in West Virginia uh, called the Old Hospital on College Hill, the, the gentleman that we talked to, he said that he has more stuff happen during the day than he does at night. So, I mean, there's no doubt in my mind that if you spend enough time in a location day or night, if it has activity, you're going to experience it. Yeah, especially yeah, I, hotels like haunted hotels will tell you more stuff happens during the day because that's when the residents of the hotel aren't there. You know, that's when they go in, they've just cleaned a room and they go back and the beds mess back up. It's <laughs> and it's three yeah. o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> well, and I, I've seen some uh, I saw a pretty good uh, video where it was like a. A house that was for sale. Uh, it was all empty, but they had a security camera, a couple of security cameras set up inside the house just to make sure nobody was going to break in and mess with something. And they there was a, a room. It was like a library type room, and there were doorways on either side and a doorway in the front. It was like a, like a parlor, so to speak. And there was something that you, you couldn't really see, but it was just like a, an effect, let's say, that moved around the outside of that room and, and passed in front of all three doorways before 
you know disappearing but it's it's that kind of stuff that to me is intriguing the most because there's there's something there that's just kind of going about its routine right without um, yeah without notice without really notice and so it's it you know i just to have i always think it would be cool um to just set up like a live stream uh on a website or something that you can just go out and see what's the live stream of camera a at you know insert haunted place and just let people sit there and watch uh, and maybe record timestamps or something yeah i was like who did did we talk to was that um the other haunted place that that woman bought did we talk to her about that as well where we had said that it was like yeah because they said they do a lot of that stuff where um they do they let their their fans and things like that help them investigate by here's here's a 20 hour live feed right check this out for us you know let us know the timestamp. let us know if you heard something as kind of a a way to kind of help carry the load because they have this home that they bought that's a haunted home (laughs) the boy actually the the group that I did the, the uh, 30 day investigation with uh, that I don't usually or don't work with very much anymore, but we actually live streamed the entire thing. We live streamed 33 days and people would stay up for like 48 hours and watch this live stream. Oh, you know? I would, but, man. Just like <laughs> chilling out in the living room watching TV and then they're like typing in the group chat or uh, like we would just be there sleeping and they would sit there and watch us sleep for three or four hours and they would say, well, that's oh, we weird. saw. Right, I know. Super <laughs> I'd watch you. Yeah, don't, don't roll over and scratch your butt in the middle of the night, you know. Yeah. <laughs> like exactly. big brother, but for ghosts, man. Yeah, really. <laughs> oh man. Well, Jonathan, we don't want to keep you too late. We kind of hit it kind of where our time is, but man, thank you, man, so much for just being being cool, man, yeah. and sharing some stories and uh, you know, just being honest with us man and with our with our listeners um we are all about making sure that our folks know where they can find you we have a lot of listeners in west virginia um and so if they don't know uh you guys where can they find more information on you yeah i I mean i had a blast tonight first off so thanks for having (laughs) me that was awesome anytime Um, Our big thing right now that we're, we're trying to push, obviously, is the Forgotten Relics web series, and that's on our YouTube page. It's youtube.com slash WVPara, W-V-P-A-R-A. We also do a lot on Facebook. You can just search West Virginia Paranormal Investigations. We do a lot of live stream stuff on Facebook, so if you do like to watch the live kind of stuff, that's where we're at right now until we get to the point we need on YouTube where we can do the, the live on YouTube as well. Mm-hmm. So. Um, those are the two best places to reach us. We're also on Instagram, obviously. Uh, that's where I talk to you guys at. It's at WV Investigations on Instagram. We're on TikTok under the same name at WV Investigations. So we're we're kind of all over the place. Perfect, Not hard man. to follow. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll have all this tagged if if you're listening now. Check uh, if you found this on social media. Check for the tags there, especially on Facebook. We'll have. Uh, the group as well as your name tagged and any websites and things that we can will be also in that uh, summary there. So before we get out of here, I do want to ask one question because we always try to ask, you know, you're you're a ghost guy. Um, how do you feel about Sasquatch? And aliens. I won't throw aliens. Okay. Okay. Sasquatch and aliens. <laughs> I, I'm a I'm a believer in the crypto stuff. I have a good friend here in West Virginia who has a, a crypto uh, group that he goes out and he does bigfoot uh investigations things like that 
and I 100% believe that. How can you die in West Virginia? Let's be honest. Yeah. Yeah. UFOs. I've never. I mean, I I definitely. There's no doubt in my mind that UFOs are out there as well. They're just. I mean, who would think we're the only people? We're only things out there in the entire universe. That's pretty selfish. (laughs) But um, I've never personally had an experience with that. But (laughs) yeah, with Bosnian and and Men in Black and all that stuff. There's. I mean, West Virginia's. yeah west virginia man west virginia i don't even when i i don't even sing west virginia mountain mama i sing mothman mama that's where it's at now like it's mothman mama um we love our west virginia folks and i'm so glad to have added you and in, in your group to that uh love for our folks in west virginia uh and we do try to get out there so next time we get out there we will be hitting you up man <laughs> for sure uh, but thank you so much jonathan johnson make sure to check out west virginia paranormal investigations and forgotten relics on youtube because it's really good uh thank you sir and uh you are welcome back anytime i appreciate it have a good night Thank you. We are back. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much to Jonathan Johnson, West Virginia, Paranormal Investigations, Forgotten Relics. Again, I know we just said it three seconds ago, but check these dudes out, man. Um, Like I said, I really like their style. And, you know, uh, being a theater person and and, and just seeing our show, um, I'm excited to see how they grow over the next two years or so Mm -hmm. to see where their show how it produces more and does new different things and and the like because that's what happens when you have a show man we you are constantly growing and i already like what they do so i'm very excited to see what they do more and and the passion is there right it's Mm -hmm. you know the the passion is there to make a good produced show not to make money i mean money would be nice obviously but Mm -hmm. the passion is there to make a good show and of course you know he's talking about his sasquatch buddy i'm like is that les odell is that is that joe is it ron (laughs) (laughs) i was like i didn't want to name drop be like here's my west virginia people (laughs) but uh i got a feeling it's one of those guys (laughs) yeah so if not they probably know each other so oh for sure and uh like i said next time we get to west virginia we need to get a meeting of the minds all together i think that would be a lot of fun and do like a round table that could be a really interesting fun thing uh but anyways folks thank you guys so much man uh for listening as you do so glad we could have a a, a haunting um a ghost hunter type thing it, it, you know it's always fun i know we've been inundated with so much ufo stuff lately because of disclosure and and, and the like but uh, i always it's good to get back to our roots so yep indeed just a reminder to everyone of course you guys can send in your listener stories to fearscapepodcast at gmail.com whether it be ufo whether it be cryptid whether it be haunting whether it be just strangeness in any way whether it be weather phenomena weather phenomena i mean i saw a damn weather balloon (laughs) (laughs) yeah it was still worth telling i don't don't know if that's weather phenomena but sure (laughs) um but anyways this one comes not too far from uh, West Virginia. This comes from Pennsylvania. Uh, This comes from a listener named Colette. And uh, Colette uh, wrote in with a pretty fascinating story. So I'm going to share that with you. Uh, And so this is uh, Colette's story. So I'm not sure if I had an experience or not last night. I kept waking up all night because the freight trains were running extra so the workers could take the holiday off. I got up at midnight and uh, came back to bed. 
I could hear someone in my room, and I yelled for my husband because he was coming up to go to bed. I kept yelling for him to help me, and my door was shaking, and he was saying, I can't get in the room. I'm trying. I can't help you. Over and over again. The next thing I know, it's 1230. And the train rides by again, and everything is quiet, and I'm uncovered. I checked on my husband, and he was asleep, and the cat who sleeps in the hall was nowhere to be seen. I asked my husband in the morning if he remembers me calling him for help, and he said, no. This is how it goes for some of us. It starts suddenly, and then we are waking up, never really sure it ever happened. It felt real because I was in my room, and everything was where it should be and not in some strange place. Was there a ghost encounter? Was there an alien encounter? Was there something else? Hmm. Very interesting. I mean, well, you know, part of me started to say, well, maybe it was just a really bad dream. But, I mean, we have had situations where people's memories are tampered with. So maybe the husband, you know, doesn't remember because his memory was altered or tampered with in some way. So Yeah. And I mean, in this story, you know, came from a person I met on um, months ago on a um, an alien abduction site and so i think they very much were putting it there for that side of things because a lot of alien abductions do just like you said Mm -hmm. tend to have these crazy memories and things but yeah at the same time there's a spookiness as well that that kind of fits the paranormal ghost side of things as well so a pretty interesting story and colette i'd love a follow-up if this happens again um you know you know my contact so we can continue to uh, speak to one another well, you know, in, in, in a lot of the times, you know, we've talked about it before, the th- you know, my theory that perhaps um, some ghost activity is alien activity. And so, you know, could this kind of be a crossover event? So I don't know. It's fascinating. Um, but yeah, uh, moving on from that, remember, send your stories to us wherever, whether it be on a message board or to our social medias, or if you see me tooling around on one of the Facebook groups asking for stories, uh, let us know. We're, we are all about it, and we want to believe you. We're here for that. Yeah. Um, but just a reminder before we go, Josh, um, we get asked a lot of times, how can we support you? Um, and of course, our, our first thought is always, hey, you know, get a mug, get a sticker, um, get a t-shirt or whatever from uh, fearscapepodcast.com slash store. Um, that's kind of the quick, easiest way. But um, another way is through our Patreon, which has recently been retooled. Um, so originally we were using it simply for our wristwatch stuff where the man claiming to be Terry Wrist, um, sharing in that investigation of the things that he's pointing us to and the odd things that he's been sending us, which we've had some new emails. Yep. Um, that is still there. That is still a $9 tier. You guys are welcome to join wristwatch. And if that's all you want to do is do that, that's fine. But there's also a lot of people that are not hell your fans. They're not very big into Terry wrist, but they love our show and they want some behind the scenes stuff. They maybe want a free pair of socks or a free mug or something like that, or they want to just support us in some way or get some live Q and A's that are Patreon only, or even some uh, extended interviews, which we have a few that we are hanging on to getting ready to drop soon. We've even got one with Tyler Strand from hell. You're speaking of which uh, MR Gorga, some things like that. And uh, uh, one of my favorites, Jason McClellan, we've got some extra footage with that as well that we're going to be sharing. Um, So uh, 
uh, these are things that you can get that are Patreon only. We've got four or five different tiers that are out there. Uh, I'm not going to spend 15 minutes on this, um, you know, but it's kind of new. So I wanted to talk about it. Um, But there are many ways, even just a dollar a month, uh, you know, that's a way to support us, to help us create content and uh, get out there and explore some things. Because that's that's our goal for the rest of 2021 and 2022 is to actually get out there a little bit more. Um, and see some of these things for ourselves. Um, we have a number of trips planned. We're working on a pilot TV show. Um, we're heading to Somerset in September. Um, yeah. We're looking to go to Boulder, Colorado. A number of different things, some of which is on wristwatch. The Find out why. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Towards Area 51, all kinds of stuff. But I mean, there's, you know, but there's some other stuff even um, that may be coming in via wristwatch that may translate into other experiences that that kind of go beyond what you know so rich watch is, is almost like a uh, uh an origin of some of these things but they could you know extend far beyond uh, what we expect from wristwatch so oh absolutely um, and some of that can bleed over into the other tiers as well yeah um, but yeah make sure to go to that that's fearscapepodcast.com slash support or patreon.com slash uh fearscape pod those are the best ways to do that yeah uh, but josh let's go ahead and get out of here man it's been a good show Thank been. you, Jonathan Johnson. What absolute pleasure. Uh, Josh, absolute pleasure, my friend. You too, my friend. You, you too. too. And you too, Jersey Devil. Thank you guys so much. But y'all can go folk yourselves. <laughs> I'll let you have that one. I'll let you yeah. have that one. But we're out of here. Thank you guys so much for tuning into Fearscape Podcast, uh, Paranormal Podcast here on the Fearscape Media Network. Go to fearscapemedia.com to check out all of our other wonderful podcasts and YouTube shows and all that jazz. But my name is Stefan, and I'm getting out of here. Keep your eyes on the skies. This is Josh. The truth is now. Oh, it still gives me goosebumps, Josh. It still gives me goosebumps. <laughs> and remember, folks, hold those blankets extra tight because things tend to get spooky when you're listening to Fearscape. Good night, everybody. Good night. We hope you have enjoyed this guidepost on the road of high strangeness with us. And we thank you, as always, for listening and joining our caravan to the weird and unknown. Please consider supporting us as we continue our journey to find the answers we all seek. Fearscapepodcast.com forward slash support.